0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Off Script with Pastor Jared. It is good to be with you on a podcast today, and I want to talk to you today about a little bit of a leadership lesson. Uh, it's a scriptural lesson. I want to use a passage from the Bible that has just been something that has been in the back of my mind and has been like a guiding principle for me as I've learned leadership and I've sought to lead people in God's church and. I'm I'm just thinking there's somebody out there that's going to benefit from hearing this. And maybe you're a young man. Maybe you're a business person. Maybe you're in ministry. Maybe you're not. Maybe you are an older person in ministry. This, this is going to be good either way. Um, so there's a story that has always just caught my attention. And I'm thinking like, man, I haven't heard this story that often. It feels like it should be said more. Uh, it's in let me pull it up for you real quick. It is in first Kings chapter 12. And um, this is a passage right as the split is occurring between the North and the South in Israel. So David has Led the nation of Israel to a really strong place. Solomon took it even further, and uh, it grew. and Israel was popping. I mean, there was money flowing. There was everything was good. The temple was built. Uh, you know, things were generally as good as they were ever going to be at this point. Now there were some beginnings of slipping into idolatry, especially as Solomon, in his old age, isn't exactly the role model uh, that we would like, but. Either way, I want to share with you what happened after Solomon passed. So Solomon died and his son, Rehoboam, was basically assumed to take the throne. And there was another man named Jeroboam who was making a play for the throne to take Israel. So Rehoboam and Jeroboam both were looking for it, but Rehoboam had the bloodline, and he had the benefit of the doubt uh, to take it. It was his basically, and so uh, let me read for you just a little bit here where it says uh, Rehoboam, this is twelve one Rehoboam went to Shechem for all of Israel had come to Shechem to make him king as soon as Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard of it, uh, for he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon. Uh, then Jeroboam returned from Egypt. Then they sent and called him Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and said to Rehoboam, your father, Solomon made our yoke heavy. Now, therefore lighten the hard service of your father and the heavy yoke on us and we will serve you. And he said to them, go away for three days and come again to me. So the people went away. All right, so what's going on here is that uh, Rehoboam's about to inherit this kingdom. And all the people are about to say, hey, you're our guy. You're our king. We're going to serve you. But your dad, Solomon, was, was really hard. You know, he made us, he put forced labor upon us. That's a nice way for saying slavery, right? He put forced labor upon us. And our load was hard. We, we ran hard. We pushed the ball up the hill and it was, it was rough. If you will lighten the load a little bit, you will get us for life. We will be happy. We will serve you. You're the king and we're going to keep serving, but please don't make us do that again. Okay. Says in verse six, let's keep reading. King Rehoboam took counsel. This is good. It's a good thing to do with the old men who had stood before Solomon, his father, while he was yet alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer this people? And they said to him, if you will be a servant to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them, when you answer, then they will be your servants forever. All right. So the Rehoboam goes and talks to the old guard. He talks to the senior adults, if you will, of the church. He goes to the old men and that served Solomon And says, guys, what do I do here? The people are saying, lighten up a little bit and we'll serve you. Do you think I should do that? The old men say, yes. If you'll do that, if you love on the people, if you will serve them like a servant leader, if you'll do all these things, you've got them for life. They will love you and they will serve you. Okay, verse eight. But he, Rehoboam, abandoned the counsel that the old man gave him and took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him and stood before him. And he said to them, what do you advise me to answer the people? And the young man who had grown up with him said, thus you shall speak. Your father made our yoke heavy, but you lighten it for us. Thus you say to them, my little finger is thicker than my father's thigh. And now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. Okay, so the young men's counsel to Rehoboam is, no, 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 you need to double down. You need to say, you think my dad was hard? You hadn't seen hard. I'll make you work harder than you've ever worked. In fact, I've got more power in my little finger than he had in his whole right thigh, okay? That's how strong I am. So the young men's council was to go out, double down, and show, make a display of what a strong, powerful, forceful leader he was going to be, to stomp on the people if necessary. The old men said, if you will soften up a little bit and love us and serve us, Lighten the, the load a little bit. You'll get us for life. So what in this leadership lesson does Rehoboam do? Well, he listens to the young men. He goes back and he tells the crowd, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go harder than you ever thought. This ain't gonna be a cakewalk. And he goes with the young crowd. And what happens? The kingdom splits between the north and the south. Only two tribes went with Rehoboam, Judah and Benjamin. Everybody else went north with Jeroboam and thus the split happened. Now, in the long scheme of things, Jeroboam was not a godly leader. It wasn't like they left and went to, you know, the shining city on a hill. They didn't do that. Quickly, north Israel went into idolatry and the, the South Israel was generally better. Now they had their faults and they had idolatry at times, but they weren't as bad as the North. So this was just a bad mistake by Rehoboam. This did not have to happen. He He refused to listen to the wisdom of old men. So what kind of leadership lessons can you learn from this? Sometimes the best people to listen to are those that have been around the block a time or two. Now, look, you can't always get consensus on every single thing you do. There are times when you have to make hard decisions. There are times when you have to do things that are unpopular. And there are times when the young people are right, okay? But in this case, he failed to listen to his people. And he did what I like to call pushing past the breaking point. Every leader knows well, every leader should know that every person and every group of people has a line. Okay, you have a line of which a leader you can't take advantage of people past a certain point. Okay, so you're, you're seeing it. You're seeing it right now with a lot of these, you know, vaccine mandates. And I, I don't want to make this political, but but the point will be well made. There are some people who are just not going to take that thing. And if you push them past a certain point, you will never get them back. And and they're gonna be angry and they're gonna see it like you strapped them down to a table and injected them with a foreign chemical. And, and I'm just telling you, there are there's a percentage of this people in this country who that deal is never gonna be made, okay? You ha- as a leader have to know this and you have to count that cost. It's the same in church when you're leading a change, when you wanna make a change. Okay, There are things that you can do and people will give you ground and they will trust you and they will walk with you, but there are some things, and you as a leader have to know your people, there are some things you just can't cross this line. Whether it's right or wrong, they might not even be ready for it. You haven't led them through it, and if you push them on this, you are going to lose them, and you have to count that cost. You have to know whether it's worth it. And it's a very serious leadership decision to make. So as I think about this in, in conclusion, I think, especially in, in the coming years, as we're seeing sort of this walk away from multi-generational church, we're seeing churches sort of bifurcate and, and go into their own affinity groups. You know, it's an older senior adult church, or uh, they have their worship service over here and we have our contemporary service over here, or this is the young hip millennial church, or this is the Gen Z church, or this is the biker church, or this is the, you know, whatever. At some point, you, you've, you've got to bring people together. You've got to be able to sit and listen, and you've got to hear somebody say, this is the line and and we just can't cross this line. And as a leader, you have to know where that is and what you're willing to do. And I would, I would caution any leader out there, know what hill you're willing to die on because chances are, uh, things are not necessarily always a hill to die on that you think they are. Sometimes there are times for listening and for compromise and for allowing people time to grow and maybe you come back to that change that you wanted to lead next year maybe you come back to it in 3 years when your people are ready for it and that's okay not everything is an indictment on your power you know that's another lie of leadership is that every single time you want to get your way if you don't get it then it's you know an indictment that you're not in control well pastoral leadership is is shepherding and it's leading people and they're not going to be ready on every single thing you want to do every time you want to do it. But you have to explain it. You have to walk them through it. You have to lead them through it. That's part of being a good pastor, being a good leader. So I'm sure there's something you can take out of this this verse, this chapter. Yeah, it is just so you can go back and look over it. It's First Kings 12. I would encourage every person whether you're in leadership or not, to read this chapter and take one or two things away from it uh, on leadership. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. I'll see you shortly. God bless.